Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in once again. Big shout out to Soundtrap and Podbean for helping me bring you this episode of Messy Closet. Today we're talking Madonna, and in yesterday's podcast, I talked Bonnie Raitt, and the day before that, philosophizing ageism, I put Madonna's statement in regards to her criticisms on her looks in that podcast. In addition, there is the podcast, Madonna Reinvents Herself. It's just my quick thoughts on what Madonna meant to us as Gen X kids growing up. But today, I'm gonna go into a deep dive into her life and her legacy and all of the good that she has done because there is a lot of stuff out there on TikTok, like I said, that is very malicious towards her. And it's all for other people's likes and views. You have no proof of anything. You're just putting things out there. So let's talk about the facts that make Madonna the legend that she is. The woman who has been in the music industry for the last 40 years with hits in every decade. Every decade, huge hits. Songs on movie soundtracks. Songs that we're still dancing to. Songs that you guys are remixing and and making mashups to. Madonna reinvents herself. She always has. She always will. That is how she has stayed where she is. And now she is starting a world tour after scrapping a project about her life story, a movie. It's really interesting. So let's get into it. So according to Page Six Style, they're talking about Madonna pushing ripped jeans to the extreme on Instagram on Thursday posing in especially distressed denim jacket and pants covered from top to bottom in rips and tears. The 64-year-old queen of pop creds her shredded duds, which she styled with her usual lacy black bustier, a pair of edgy buckled boots to vitamins and design duo fecal matter writing over snaps of her look most definitely not sorry. And she did this while her 2005 song, Sorry, played in her Instagram stories. And it says under a picture of her on page six style, Madonna's not going to apologize for her envelope pushing personal style and nor should she. With her statement, once again, I am caught in the glare of ageism and misogyny that permeates the world we live in, a world that refuses to celebrate women past the age of 45 and feels the need to punish her if she continues to be strong-willed, hardworking, and adventurous. She goes on to say, according to Page Six Style, I have never apologized for any of the creative choices I have made, nor the way that I look or dress, and I'm not going to start. I have been degraded by the media since the beginning of my career, but 
I understand that this is all a test and I am happy to do the trailblazing so that all the women behind me can have an easier time in years to come. And remember, all she did was get styled and put on makeup and go out to present Sam Smith and Kim Petras unholy. That is all she did. She did not ask for all of this scrutiny on her looks. And people came at her hard. Oh, someone actually put up a really mean tweet comparing her to that like jigsaw swirly faced thing. I mean, that's just rude. I'm sorry. You don't know what you're going to look like in how many years. So it's, you know, the Ethiopian World Federation accused a pop star of child trafficking. And like she, you know, has not responded. But these are big allegations. And like I said, there's a lot of people all over TikTok like saying this without proof. Allegations are just allegations. So Madonna did also tweet on February 7th, the world is threatened by my power and my stamina, my intelligence and my will to survive, but they will never break me. This is a test. So she is now prepping for her upcoming world tour. And she said, I'm about to create another show. And I've been working for several years on the screenplay about my life, which has recently been scrapped for now. And she said that this is a good time for me. I'm gathering ideas, getting inspired, hanging out with creative people, watching films, seeing art, and listening to music. And this is all from eviemagazine.com. So she's not backing down. She's not stopping. She's not letting the allegations get to her. Um, she's just moving forward and with all of that we will see what happens with an investigation I do not cast stones on anyone without proof so a little bit of background Madonna Louise Chacon 64 years old was born August 16th 1958 that makes her a Leo does not surprise me at all all of that power she's just got that you know feminine lioness energy. So she's been dubbed the queen of pop and she's noted, literally noted for her continual reinvention and versatility in music production, songwriting, and visual presentation. She has pushed the boundaries of artistic expression in mainstream music while continuing to maintain control over every aspect of her career. This is according to Wikipedia. Her works, which incorporate social, political, sexual, and religious themes, have generated both controversy and critical acclaim. That is so true, especially with Like a Prayer. This was like such a big deal. And before that, before that in 1984 back when MTV was great she made history at the MTV Music Awards with her performance of Like a Virgin in the white lace dress and rolling on the floor and this for especially like teenage girls I was a little bit younger I was about eight years old but it made an impact on all of us because we finally saw someone break through 
these barriers that had been put up where everyone's supposed to be demure all the time and a lot of women are not like that so she gave a lot of women who are more extroverted more outgoing more artistic with their expression within themselves a lot of confidence and if you look back in interviews with kids especially teenage girls in the 80s there was a group there's a like i think it's a famous video in my mind of a bunch of teenage girls in the 80s dressed like Madonna the hair ties in you know the little lace hair bows and the lace skirts and the gloves the fingerless gloves that were either lace or fishnet and all the bracelets and rosary beads the eyeliner the lipstick even the beauty mark You know, if their hair wasn't blonde, it was at least cut and curled like Madonna's, you know, down to like the slouchy socks and the tights, the shoes. So whatever Madonna was wearing, as many teenage girls as possible throughout the decades were wearing, well, the two decades, I would say the 80s and the 90s. And then her style continued to really inspire us with the 1985 movie Desperately Seeking Susan because I do not know one 80s girl that does not want the boots, jackets, or earrings, like any combination or all three. And that, again, went from, you know, like the black and white lacy to something more edgy with like leather jackets and slinky heeled boots and big earrings so that was another change in in our style and then in 1987 Madonna stars in Who's That Girl and she comes out with this Marilyn Monroe look you know the red lips the beauty mark is much more prominent the eyebrows are dark her eyes are made up she's got like this short blonde hair and you know she was so cute in this movie so fun and we just loved that about her so you know if you weren't willing to dye your hair blonde you were at least doing the eyeliner and her bold bold red lips and then we've got I skipped a year, the 1986 film Shanghai Surprise, which also has a Marilyn Monroe look, but it's much softer and, you know, she's just really, I think, so great in this movie. She's she's just so real. She's so, she just made you love her character. And then we've got 1988 Ciao Italia. So that was one of her movies. And then she was in the Dick Tracy film. And this was in 1990. So this kind of brought like this whole comic legend of Dick Tracy, like back with Warren Beatty. And in all of these movies, she has had songs. And then, of course, she played Evita in 1996 and she took a lot of like critic you know a lot of critics had a lot of things to say but she really did a fantastic job and she's reinvented herself not just as an actress and a singer but she's always reinvented her fashion looks and 
that has inspired a lot of us. And I know that a lot of people have so many things to say about the way she looks, but there's a lot of other women out there, famous women, like Dolly Parton has said she's had, you know, things, plastic surgeries done. We know the Kardashians have. We know a lot of our favorite stars have because how many times do we see things where people say, oh, look, look at the Botox. This doesn't move. This doesn't move. We shouldn't be commenting on that because we don't know in time where we're going to be in life. I mean, you have a lot of 20 and 30 year olds saying things about getting older, but you don't know if you're going to be in the dermatologist's office getting some some Botox in a few years to try and get ahead of aging. I never have, but I don't care if anyone else does. I just, um, that's not like for me, but maybe if I had the means and the money and someone was like, hey, go ahead and try it, I would. I don't know. But we really aren't supposed to be that rude. You know, especially with someone who she's trying to start her world tour. You know, she's got these allegations against her. Um, she was trying to come out at the Grammys as the icon that she is. And she was incredibly disrespected. And no matter what you think, all of the money in the world is not going to stop someone from feeling bad when they are criticized. Years ago, she said, I want to rule the world. But she had also been quoted as saying, if 99 out of 100 people love what she did and one person didn't, she will remember the one person that didn't and try to do her best again. So the woman has some serious, serious work ethic, and that's undeniable. I mean, she's literally been around since... 1983-1984 and has managed in 2023 still to make headlines but not for the reasons that she should which is her iconic and legendary status within the entertainment world. Madonna started out in the early 80s when she moved from Detroit to New York at Danceteria. She had had these demo tapes and Danceteria is permanently closed, but it was located at 252 West 37th Street in the city, uh, New York City. And she was uh, basically a regular there. You know, she was already becoming a style icon of the 80s. And she, it is said, had to be the center of attention. <laughs> she always hung out in the booth and gave a DJ, a song to play, and it was called Everybody. So she was 19 years old when she arrived at New York, and it was 1977, the same year that Studio 54 opened, and she said it was the first time she'd ever taken a plane, gotten in a taxi cab, and got to New York with $35 in her pocket, and it was the bravest thing she had ever done. And she danced with Alvin Ailey, the contemporary dance company. And she, wow, became employed at Dunkin' Donuts. And then she filmed a provocative movie and began dabbling in the nightclub circuit and rock groups, The Breakfast Club and Emmy. And she began making dance records of her own, 
With the help of her boyfriend, Stephen Bray, and by spring of 1982, had a record contract with Sire Records. And the DJ who helped launch that, his name is Mark Kamins, and apparently they also dated. So there were cameras. There is a video that you can look up on YouTube of Madonna's song debuting at Danceteria and everybody dancing in the perfect 80s style. And from that Danceteria moment, the rest is history. So if you don't know the song, everybody, I know all the Gen Xers know it, but if anyone non-Gen X out there wants to hear original Madonna, it is that song. I love it. I love it. Now, Being that she was into the club scene in New York City in the early 80s, this was when the AIDS epidemic hit the world, but particularly the LGBT community and gay men. Like Freddie Mercury, he famously died of AIDS and... You know, there were so many rumors going around about how you could get it, how you couldn't, and Madonna had lost several friends to this terrible, terrible disease because at the time, there were no vaccines, there was no help, it was just a death sentence. Madonna has helped raise more than $1.7 million for AIDS and HIV research And on November 10th, 1986, Madonna participated as a model in an all-star AIDS benefit fashion show at Barney's, which is a very fancy New York City department store. It's got everything in it and all the celebrities hang out there. I actually worked there for a couple of months. Um, Can't say that they're super great to their employees, but neither is Bendel's, in my opinion. And I only went in as a freelancer, but I know that Madonna had a very, very good relationship with Barney's because she did live in New York City for quite some time, Um, definitely throughout the 80s, 90s, and into the early aughts, the early like 2000, I don't know when she moved fully out of New York, but she raised her daughter there. And I answered the phone one day and I never wanted to as a freelancer because I didn't work there and I couldn't remember all of the other work people's names, but I happened to answer the phone and if you've never been to Barney's, they have everything in the world, but one of the things that is supposed to be a favorite of Madonna's are Joe Malone candles and they're amazing candles. And I answered the phone, whatever I said was Barney's, and I hear, hello. This is, whatever her name was, Madonna's assistant. I would like to speak to, whatever the employee's name was, in regards to getting several Joe Malone candles for Madonna's daughter's birthday. And all I did was freak out and hope that I was going to actually put the phone on hold and not hang up on Madonna's assistant. And I managed to breathe and do it correctly because I just didn't want to give Barney's a bad example of like any kind of thing because 
you know, I was having a hard time selling any kind of goods there because I was just a freelancer. And when the wealthy people come in, especially any of the, you know, TV stars, movie stars, whatever it is who want to shop there, they have specific people that they trust. So when you go in as a freelancer to try and sell something else, they kind of think you're just there peddling things. At least that was the impression that I got. So I had better success when I went into places like Nordstrom or Sephora and did the freelancing because it was a little more of a relaxed environment. But anyway, I'm there and I get the phone call through and she had wanted this specific scent and they were like in the basement looking for it. So, you know, I didn't speak to Madonna, but six degrees of separation, I did speak to her assistant once 20 something years ago, randomly answering the phone as a freelancer at Barney's New York. So, you know, with ageism, I grew up, and probably a lot of Gen Xers did, watching the Golden Girls, loving the Golden Girls. And, you know, I've seen some memes out there comparing, let's say, Blanche Devereaux to like Jennifer Lopez. Okay. But because they were both in their 50s, but they're completely different people. And in the 80s, the Blanche Devereaux haircut, the B. Arthur, you know, the Betty White haircut, all of those on the Golden Girls were edgy and stylish. And their clothing, you know, although you think it's dated, you know, Blanche had the, the glamour and Rose had the charm of like, you know, the sweaters, that, that preppy look. And Dorothy, and I think a lot of it was B. Arthur's height as well that gave these outfits such drama, had kind of that avant-garde style of the 80s where you just couldn't quite put your finger on what the style was, but it always looked good. And then, of course, we just had Sophia, who was everybody's grandma. And we looked up to these women, and it made us... At least for me, I won't speak for everyone, it made me like unafraid to age. It made me look forward to a stage in life where, you know, I could hang out with friends again and responsibilities were different. And we all, especially Gen Xers, you know, we were young, so all of the TV we were watching, all of the music we were listening to, the musicians, they were all our parents' age until probably, what, the 80s, 90s, when, you know, younger bands started coming in. Like, we got, like, all the hair bands, and they were some Gen Xers, and then, of course, you know, Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all of that in the 90s. Those were the bands that were our age. So we grew up looking at like Cyndi Lauper, Debbie Harry, Madonna as our idols and they are boomers. They are our parents' age. But these are the women that we grew up idolizing, you know, Cher, Eartha Kitt, Stevie Nicks, all of these women who were in the music and entertainment industry and on TV, Mary Tyler Moore. Valerie Harper, 
You know, there's so many stars from the 70s and the 80s that we grew up idolizing who are the boomers that, you know, the millennials and Gen Zs complain about. And they're going to get older. And as women, women as individuals have every single right to age in the manner that they feel is appropriate for themselves if they have the money to afford certain procedures or products or whatever it is. But it is a woman's right to choose how she looks. And the fact that Madonna, since 1982, 1983 really, has been entertaining people and making connections to get into the music business, into the entertainment business, killed it in so many movies because she did bring it 100% in all of her movies. And she was really one of the first major, I guess, music stars to to be in several movies besides like Elvis Presley before that. You know, there were a few, Hard Day's Night, there were, you know, there was Nine to Five um, with Dolly Parton, but Dolly didn't keep like doing a movie, a movie, a movie until she had done, let's see, uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas and Steel Magnolias. But Madonna has made, you know, dozen, and I may have skipped over some, but the point is, In the 80s and the 90s, Madonna was doing what a lot of other people weren't. And she was speaking out about the AIDS epidemic. And she was offering money, support. And she actually schooled like some young rapper I couldn't find the tweet where she schooled him on, you know, the AIDS epidemic and how many people died and, you know, her friends that she honors every year on World AIDS Day, which is December 1st. So she's done a lot of good and she is quite iconic. There will never be another Madonna. So barring any other news that is only allegations that I'm not going to hit upon until there's some sort of proof. We all have to admit that Madonna has made her mark on the world and she deserves a lot more respect than she's getting from young people. We wouldn't talk to someone's parents like this. We wouldn't call people out You know, there's already sexism that she's had to deal with. Now there's ageism. And, you know, she said it. The industry doesn't celebrate women over 45. And then I saw someone on TikTok, cannot remember who, say something to the effect of, but none of your backup dancers are over 45. Well, I can tell you, being over 45, even being over 40, you don't have the life that is conducive to going on tour with Madonna, you're not getting like treated the way she is. You can't bring your whole family with you. So, you know, for the young up and coming dancers in the business, it's great to have 
20 somethings, 30 somethings that can say that they were a backup dancer for someone as iconic and legendary as Madonna. It's like give other people a chance. And that's another thing. You know, her touring and bringing on younger dancers, it has the ability to open up their world to something new and make connections and have somebody and a big name behind them. But this world tour comes at the expense of her movie that she had written about herself, her life story in a movie being scrapped. I also forgot to mention one of my favorites, A League of Their Own. How could I forget this movie? There's no crying in baseball. And she did that split and caught the baseball. And yeah, she just really, really has, you know, brought so much. So she wrote a movie about herself. All right. So according to Elle magazine, this is written by Hannah Malik, and it's everything we know about the Madonna biopic and It was headed for the big screen, but plans have stalled. And in September 2020, Universal Pictures confirmed that a biopic about the pop superstar was in the works with Madonna directing and co-writing the film. But in late January 2023, reports broke that the project is on hold while the superstar goes on tour. So, yeah. I read a blind item that said that Madonna made the wrong choice in, I'm paraphrasing, choosing the tour, which will not be the biggest moneymaker over the movie. So the Celebration Tour is running from July 15th to December 1st, 2023. And that's her main focus but she's committed to directing the film about her life eventually. Now, what confuses me about the blind item that I read, and as I said, I'm paraphrasing, I can't find it again, is that they seem to say that her tour would not be successful. I don't see how that could happen. So the collaborator on the film is none other than Diablo Cody and she completed her work on the film and then screenwriter Erin Cressida Wilson joined the production and then according to Madonna's Instagram in December of 2021 they were still working on the screenplay so Wilson wrote Girl on the Train starring Emily Blunt that's the 2016 thriller and Side note, I actually once gave Emily Blunt two Pilates and one aerial yoga lesson in the gym I used to work at in Bedford Hills, New York. And we were talking about movies and I hardly ever watch any. And I said to her, oh, but I saw a girl on the train. And she said, oh yeah, that was filmed here. I said, well, that's why I watched it. And that was pretty much the end of us talking about her movies. We got back to Pilates, but there's that side note. So yeah, small, small world. So. The Emmy-winning actress Julia Garner of Ozark and Inventing Anna was offered the part of Madonna, according to Variety, and other women up for the role, other actresses, were Florence Pugh, do I, did I say that right? Alexa Demi, Barbie Fiera, and Sydney Sweeney. And... 
there was actually some talk that Julia Fox was eyed for, I thought it was Madonna herself. And I remember hearing this when she had like briefly dated Kanye West. And I was only interested because Madonna came up and I was like, oh, really? And I wasn't sure if I could see Julia Fox as Madonna, but here they're saying it was um, a supporting role possibly playing Debbie Mazar. That I could see and that I think she would actually be brilliant in. So the process involved this Madonna boot camp and it was choreography and singing auditions and some of the auditions were actually attended by Madonna herself. That's a lot of pressure, I just have to say, in and of itself to be in a biopic, but props to Madonna for wanting control over it because you really do want it seen from, you know, mostly your perspective and not just another director and producer and artist's version of your life. So the working title of this biopic was supposed to be Little Sparrow. And she had posted this in February of 2022 and then deleted the post and then reposted it with a heart emoji covering the title. Interesting. She was going to direct, but she also did direct the 2008 comedy Filth and Wisdom and the 2011 historical drama about King Edward and Wallace Simpson's love affair, We, which received an Oscar nomination for Best Achievement in Costume Design. She's also had Blonde Ambition. She's had Truth or Dare. She's had a lot of films about different portions of her life starring her like little documentaries and they were fantastic if you ever get your hands on them go watch them and she really has always remained as in control of her like life and her image and you know her business as possible and she's not always in the spotlight she's not always putting herself there but when she makes a comeback she knows how Now, one of my very best friends a very long time ago got tickets to a Madonna concert with some of her family members. They did like like a cousin's night out, like all the girls. And they said they were in like the nosebleed section, but they all had dressed as Madonna at different points in time, whatever, you know, they could think of the bustier or the little, you know, lace hair bow and the skirt they all dress like different versions of Madonna and someone had seen them from her team way up in the nosebleeds dancing dressed like Madonna and this is how cool Madonna and her team are real true story kids they took my friend and all of her relatives to the VIP section where they could dance at the front of the stage so Madonna could see them dressed like her and they had met another like two people that they became friends with and it was like one of the birthdays of one of the guys so they said oh can they come too and they brought these this couple with them and it was like this birthday and they said it was just so epic and you know she was up there doing her thing and you know she doesn't stop the show to acknowledge anything but like she knew that people had dressed like her and were brought to the VIP section. So, you know, 
it's not all what you hear. It's not all the negative stuff. It's not all, you know, the diva, this, that, and the other thing. And, and who does she think she is? She thinks she's Madonna. She thinks that she is who she is because she has proven to the world that she is a legend. At 64, she has more energy than I dreamed of at 40. You know, she is taking care of herself the best ways that she knows how and she feels works best for her. And that's not for anyone else to say because the other side of that coin is had she walked up on stage looking old and frail and feeble with wrinkles and gray hair and, you know, anything wrong, they would have said, oh, look, Madonna, she should have tried to recapture her youth. Maybe a little Botox would have helped. So it's like you're damned if you're, you do and you're damned if you don't. So she may as well speak out for herself and defend herself because she shouldn't apologize. I actually have a TikTok up and I took the audio from Madonna. It said, I would like to apologize to absolutely nobody. My only mistake was being too iconic. And I put this up on my birthday as an ode to her before the Grammys were on. It was the same day, it was February 5th. And before she took all that heat for her appearance, I actually put up the same, what, what is it, um, soundbite that I had gotten from her. So I have always found her inspirational. A lot of us Gen X kids did. You know, we all just danced to her music as much as we could. We always requested it at our roller discos. My school had roller discos with like, um, a disco ball and strobe lights and we used to roller skate sometimes in Halloween costumes. Yes, the little masks with just the holes for eyes or capes like Superman. And we didn't fall. We didn't even trip each other. We had gotten no problems at all. We used to just skate around our auditorium while our art teacher was the DJ. And we always requested Madonna's music. And to me, she deserves far more respect than she's getting based on her looks. She has created herself an empire. She started out, you know, with a dream out in the Midwest. And I understand what she's saying when she said the scariest thing to do is to move to New York and know nothing. Because I knew a lot about the city. And it was still tough just paying for things, money, getting around, all sorts of things. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, Frank Sinatra was right, it's the truth. But it is a scary thing, and not only did she take a chance, but that is the place where all of her dreams came true. And I don't think that she deserves any of the shit that she's been getting over the way she looks. So my love to Madonna, and you can check out my other two episodes, Philosophizing Ageism and Madonna Reinvents Herself. And that is it for today's Messy Closet. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.